0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber. And this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists and faculty members at Auburn University, Harrison School of Pharmacy, and we are your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. On The Postgraduate Pharmacist, we focus on preparing and obtaining postgraduate training positions. From current events
1: to expert advice, you'll have up to date content related to postgraduate training. New episodes are released every other Monday, so don't forget to like or subscribe.
0: Follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or LinkedIn at the Postgraduate Pharmacist for additional discussions or insights into our topic.
1: Returning for another episode, we have Leah Island. You can catch her back on episode 17, where she discusses virtual interviews. Leah, it's great to have you back on the podcast
0: today.
2: Thanks, Taylor. I'm excited to be back. Thank you both for this opportunity.
0: So Leah, the topic today, which is thank you letters, is actually a topic you brought to us and we're excited to hear your input on it. This is something Taylor and I get asked frequently, especially in our elective. I'm sure others do as well. We wanted to dedicate an episode to this topic so our listeners can feel good about thank you note etiquette as the postgraduate training application season approaches.
2: Sean, this is a question I'm also asked frequently. And I don't think Emily Post knows our profession well enough to write about this in the Family's Etiquette book, so I can't wait to discuss it today. You know, there's certainly many considerations that may not be obvious or intuitive, and thus, I do think it's helpful to discuss this question.
0: So starting with structuring, what should be included in a thank you letter or note?
2: All thank you notes should have a greeting, a body, a closing, and a signature. You know, greetings such as Dear Dr. Island, a body that stating specifically why you're thanking them and you know what you appreciated about that visit, kind of putting it in the residency application aspect. What impressed you? Why would you be applying to those programs? You know, those are the aspects to keep in that body aspect, simple and concise, though, a closing may again say, thank you, or it may just say, I look forward to working with you in the future. You may actually even combine the closing with the signature, such as many thanks and your name or choose a more formal closing, such as sincerely Leah Island, you know, and put your name at the end. If you're handwriting a note, though, I really do suggest including a date. And then on the envelope, write the, of course, address to whom it's being sent to, as well as a return address. You know, I love getting mail. Even in pharmacy school, I took a speaking engagement Toastmasters class and I actually did a speech on getting mail real mail, because email was just coming out then. And so my whole point was people love actually getting letters. So, you know, when I get a letter, I first look to see who it's from and that return address. But if you're writing an electronic thank you note, you know, the date and who it's from is automatically noted. What I think is most importantly to consider, though, is why you're writing your thank you note. You know, in this situation, applying for programs or after talking to people at a Residency showcase. You know, it's really to be to show the appreciation for that on-site interview, or thanking them for taking the time that they spent to teach you about their residency program. Thank you notes don't have to be long; just a few sentences, sincerely conveying your thanks.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that, and I I like how you said to be specific about including what particularly about that program impressed you. I think. Thank you notes could often be very generic and sound like they could go to any program. So I think having that specific touch in there is going to really help kind of drive home the the sincerity of the thank you note.
0: So I like how you said that. As a person who has to really concentrate to have a decent handwriting, I struggle answering this question, which is, should thank you letters be handwritten or electronic?
2: Sean, I think this is a question that's really going to vary depending on the generation and how you were raised. When we look at this, a handwritten note to me is more sincere, but it's also, you do need to have the mailing address. So if you have that, to me, it's the best way to send a note, but let me provide you with some pros and cons for each to help you consider. One, due to logistics and the mail process in many institutions, hospital clinics, the recipient actually may not receive a handwritten letter or may not receive it in a timely fashion. And I know a lot of people don't think of that. You know, it's not going to a mailbox outside their home and a college or school of pharmacy mail tends to get to you more in that route, but at a hospital it's very challenging to get the mail down to exactly a person within a department. So I think you have to consider that, as well as you may not have the mailing address, of the hospital or clinic, their mailing address actually may not be their physical address. So that's another consideration. And when that happens, of course, then email may be best. When you choose to email a thank you note, as you would do with a handwritten note, I truly believe you need to make it individualized. Don't copy and paste and just change the name then absolutely i may be working with one of you in the same cubicle and we both get your email at the same time and compare and we realize nothing has changed except the deer and who it's to so it really doesn't come off sincere at that point as as taylor you were saying earlier so you know when you look at handwritten or electronic today i think either is fine if you are needing to send emails to a large hospital you don't have a true mailing address email is the best way to ensure they'll get something and in a timely manner but i have literally seen actual physical mail be mailed to an institution and the person gets it three weeks later that maybe isn't what you want although it's very appropriate so i think you have to see where am i sending it where can it be sent and make that consideration my best answer, though, is a thank you note is better than no thank you note. An email is better than nothing. A handwritten, if you can, is better than an email, in my personal opinion. But today, many others would say an email is just perfectly fine as well.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I I think you also have to consider, you know, the people that you're interviewing with, the generation that they come from, they, they might have more of a personal connection with you if they receive a handwritten note like, kind of like you were saying. So I really I really think if you can try to do that. I know your hand might cramp up from writing all that, but you know, it really does add a personal touch to it.
2: And Taylor, I don't think this has to be a all or none also. I think another consideration is to write a handwritten note to the RPD and anyone else that you really connected to during the interview, but then email others. You know, you don't have to make them all handwritten. So maybe selectively handwrite some, email others.
0: When should you send thank you letters?
2: I would recommend to send them close after the encounter, within a day or two. You know the interaction will be fresh on your mind and as discussed you you know want to provide specifics to individualize these letters. If you wait until after all your interviews or even just wait until after a couple I promise you they're going to blur in your mind and you don't want to thank someone for something they didn't do. If you don't have time to write them immediately, as maybe you have two interviews back to back, take a few notes about the key items you want to write in the thank you note for each person. Then that'll help you remember when you can go back to write it.
1: Thank you so much. I think we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick for our favorite segment of each episode is the postgraduate trivia I'm going to kind of stick with the Texas theme because we have Leah back on this episode today, but I want to ask a question. I know she's very passionate about Texas Longhorn football. So this actually is uh related to that. So you probably are, you remember back in 2005, the Longhorns won the national championship led by coach Mack Brown and quarterback Vince Young. So after that season, Vince Young went on to to the 2006 NFL draft and was the third overall pick. What team drafted Vince Young?
2: Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and tell you. Don't even worry right. about giving me options because I went to see him play. That's why I was so excited because – First of all, they were really the Houston Oilers, which is what I grew up singing. Love you, Blue. Then they moved, Bud moved them to Tennessee. Then I happened to move of all places to Huntsville, Alabama, which is two hours south of Tennessee. And so actually for my fifth or sixth year anniversary, I asked for NFL tickets to see Vince Young play Peyton Manning. And all I wanted to see (laughs) are those two quarterbacks. It was awesome. So Tennessee Titans. Yep.
0: Oh, I love this. I don't even have to try today. Great question. All right, my turn. So first day I met you, Leah, we were um, you were planning on going to a concert and uh, I've since learned how much you love live music. So as a concert goer, you have some knowledge about buying tickets, venue size, attendance, all that stuff that eventually makes its way into the artist's profits. So over the last 20 years, which artist had the highest grossing concert tour? Your choices are going to be in order by starting year, and the answer is going to be adjusted with inflation. So it's going to be the highest gross dollars adjusted by inflation. So don't get caught up on the years. All right. Your choices are the Rolling Stones 2005, a bigger bang tour, U2's 2009, U2 360 degree tour, Ed Sheeran's 2017 divide tour, or T-Swift, Taylor loves it when I ask T-Swift questions, T-Swift's 2018 Taylor Swift's Reputation Stadium Tour.
2: Well, I, was at, I did the Ed Sheeran line. I did not do T-Swift that year. I've done a couple others. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Rolling Stones. That's going to be my guess, the Rolling Stones.
0: Yeah, that's a safe bet. <laughs> Mine is going to be you 2
2: you too? See, I think you the too? Joshua Tree was bigger, but that's my guess.
0: <laughs> Taylor's actually right. Oh, it's good. U2. Good job. Now, so they made, they made over $236 million, and Ed Sheeran actually made over $776 million. So he had the highest like amount for a concert, but if you adjust by inflation, since U2's was so long ago, they actually made over $847 million. Yeah. Taylor Swift didn't even come close, but that's because all these were two years and hers was just a one year concert.
2: Interesting. Thanks for teaching me something, Sean.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Now, you know why Ed Sheeran's so rich. All right. So this is probably the question I hear most often from students. Who should letters be sent to?
2: So another good question. You know, you could meet 15 to 20 people on your interview, and I don't think you need to write to all of them. But I do feel it's important to write to the RPD and any key preceptors, any ones that you feel you may have connected with. I also suggest emailing at least a thank you note to your current the current residents. You know, if they had lunch with you or provided a tour, and if you know potentially anybody who's sitting on that residency committee, if they're a group that are going to really be looking at the applicants, you know, consider writing those as well. I think when you get back, you'll have a feeling of who you do need to thank. Always thank the RPD, anyone else that you really interacted a lot more with, and especially at least emailing the residents from that aspect, too.
0: Should they be sent after the mid-year showcase or just after interviews?
2: I do suggest sending a thank you note after mid-year if you were able to meet that RPD or speak at length with any of the current residents or preceptors. If it was just a, you know, hello, thank you, grab my packet and move on. You know, you don't necessarily have to write those. But if you can say that you spoke with them a while, you can thank them for your time, sharing the information that they provided you about the program, and close with the point that you look forward to applying for their program, I really think this lets the program and RPD know that you're serious about becoming one of their future residents. And then again, after the interview, follow up with a thank you as we've discussed. You know, having the RPD see your name and thanking them again can stand out.
0: So our last question, do virtual interviews or the showcase make a difference on how you should approach thank you notes?
2: I don't believe so um to me an interaction via person or in the virtual world should be treated the same regardless of your application process for residencies and writing of that thank you note you know again going back to why are you write them the notice key you know it is important to thank them for their time sharing the information with you and that would be the same regardless if they were in person or virtual
1: all right leah well That's all the time we have today. Thank you for your time and for being a repeat guest on the Postgraduate Pharmacist today and all of your valuable insight.
2: Taylor, it's been my pleasure. And thank you both for having me on the podcast again.
1: If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests,
0: please like, and subscribe. Remember, you can listen to us on all major podcast apps. And don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode in the description below.